0: And there are some things that will change in your life, whether you want them to change or not. But the the, the question is, how will you handle the change? Some things are changing for the better. Hello everyone, welcome to Kingdom Rock Radio. You are moments away from receiving God's rich word. But first, remember that you can subscribe to our Roku channel, as well as our podcast, and don't forget for more information, you can always contact us at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's word. Well, I want to welcome all of you that are here today. And uh, we bless you. And I thank God for you coming today, for you hearing from the voice of the Lord and coming out to receive from Him. And I want to welcome also our online community. Online community. Wherever you are all around the world, whether you're watching live or whether you're watching the replay, however you're doing it, we want you to know that we love you so much and that we are tickled brown. We're tickled brown that uh, you'll get it next time. We are tickled brown that you are with us today. So we bless you in Jesus name. All right, let's go ahead and uh, go back into the message the Lord has given us. We started on last week. We started on the message entitled A Fresh Anointing a fresh anointing. And this is part number two. Now, I know that the Lord is saying this right this very moment, that this is a fresh and relevant word uh, from the throne of our father. And this is what he wants us to know. Uh, He's talking about really timing and seasons and how things have changed and how things will change, but change for the better. So we were looking at last week um, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we're going to go right back there uh, today. But first, let's start here in the book of Luke, Luke, the fifth chapter, verse 36 through 39. We were here on last week, uh, and we're going to talk a little bit about this, and then we'll go further on today. We're going to subtitle uh, today's, today's word, The Shapes of Change. The shapes of change, or we can say the different forms of change, because change has different shapes and different forms. Whenever God says it's time for a change, of course we can get a bit nervous because we know what we know what it looks like now, how things have been. But when you say change, how does it look? Where are we gonna go? How are we gonna act? who gonna pay me? You know, when you say change, a lot, of, a lot of new things begin to happen, and that makes a lot of people nervous. With, we are familiar familiar with the old, but this new, this new, this is different, and sometimes we don't like different, but I'm telling you, when God says new, when he says fresh, when he says different, it's something good. And very good. So let's go back here. Luke five, verse thirty six through thirty nine of the New Living Translation. This is how it reads. Jesus. uh, Then Jesus gave them uh, this illustration. No one tears a piece of cloth from a new garment and uses it to patch an old garment for then the new garment would be ruined and the new patch would even match rather wouldn't even match the old garment verse 37 and no one puts new wine into old wine skins for the new wine would burst the wine skins spilling the wine and ruining the skin verse 38 new wine must be stored in new wine skins, or we would say today in new bottles. But no one who drinks the old wine seems to want the new wine. The old wine, or rather the, the old is just fine. They say, so we stopped there around there on last week because people really don't want change. This is a very, very good. Thank you, Lord. Very good illustration about change. Because they say, well, everything is just fine now. We don't really have to change it. But once the Lord once the Lord shows you a bit of what you can have, a bit of what, once he shows you what can be or should be, once he shows you better, then I tell you, you will leave that old thing alone. Are you hearing me? Once I saw the new flat screen TVs... I left my big old TV with the big hinder parts. I left that alone. I put that on the curb or, or gave it to somebody else when I saw how flat these are. And the, and the new TVs that, you know, they, they call them the, the wallpaper TVs. Some of you may have heard about those. They're flexible and they are about as thin as a pencil. And you can hang them on your wall. If anybody's watching now uh, and here, if you guys want to bless me, go right ahead. They're about, some of them are about 10 grand. So you can go ahead and do that now if you like. Just take up an offering. No, we can do a lot better with that. But anyway, you see what I'm saying? Technology is changing. Technology is changing. But once you see the new, you look at the old and realize, I don't want that anymore. I want what's next. And so, but here's the thing. Some people... As a people, we don't want to let go of the old because we're used to it. Until the Lord shows you the new, and He's showing you the new right now. So let's um, let me show you this announcement that Jesus gives now, and this tells you a little bit about this too. Let's go to John the sixteenth chapter, John sixteen verses five through eleven. John sixteen verses five through eleven. So if you just take a minute, you just think about that too. You know, you liked that old dress until you saw the new dress. You liked the new shoes, the old shoes, until you saw the new shoes. Just like Tarzan, we gave the the example of Tarzan going, swinging from vine to vine uh, throughout the jungle. You have to let go of the old so that you can embrace the new. And that's how we move. That's how we have momentum in life, letting go of the old and embracing the new, letting go of the old and embracing the new. That's how uh, this world moves, letting go of the old and embracing the new. I guarantee you, Uh, Well, let me say it this way. Many years ago, it was high technology. Uh, I'm telling you, it was cutting edge technology if you had a record player in your car. That was cutting edge technology. You're You're riding down the road and people hear music coming out of your car and it was a record player. You had a record player in your car. That was cutting edge technology. But I don't want that in my car. It was cutting edge technology to have an 8-track, uh, big old track. You pop it in. That was cutting edge technology. It was cutting edge technology when you had a cassette tape. Boy, you were rolling. You had your own cassette tape until the little tape Got stuck in, then you got to get it out some kind of way. It got unraveled and all that stuff. That was cutting edge technology. It was cutting edge technology to have a CD player in your car. Woo! I got a CD. That was cutting edge. But now it's called Bluetooth. Listen to whatever you want to listen to. So it goes from old to new, old to new, old to new. Old to new. And that's how things are changing and progressing. Are you hearing me? Everything that is, if it is alive, it is changing. If it is alive, it is changing. It is growing. If it is alive, it is changing. It is growing. Babies are very cute and they're fun to play with. But if a baby stays like a baby, uh, stays in that form and years go by, something is definitely wrong. Something is bad, bad, bad wrong. So if it is alive and if it is healthy, it is growing and it is changing. Now, Jesus is about to announce a change. And let's see how they react. Now, this is before the the crucifixion process, before resurrection and all. Let's see this. John 16, verses 5 through 11. And it says this. This is the New Living Translation. He says, but now I am going away to the one who sent me. And not one of you is asking where I am going. Instead, you grieve because, because of what I've told you. But in fact, it is best, King James says it is better, it is best for you that I go away. Because if I don't, the advocate or the helper won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. Righteous, righteousness is available because I go to the father and you will see me no more. Now, obviously, he's saying you will see him no more in this form as you know him at that moment. Now, that's very key. Judgment will come because the ruler of this world is already or rather has already been judged. So the Lord says here, I'm going away. They didn't want to hear that. They, they began to grieve. But if they believed him, that better is coming. That the, it's best that I go. It's best that you go through this change. This is better for you. This is best for you. Are you hearing So there are a lot of things in in our lives that we just just cannot see how leaving this job, going to that one is better for us. How leaving this relationship is going to be better for us. We just can't see how going through something terrible and something hard, going going through that is going to be better for us. If it were up to us, our days would always be light. Our days would always be easy. There would never be any stress. There would never be any weight. There would never be any pressure on us if it were up to us, the vast majority of us. Unless your name is Rambo, and I think Rambo, what you call hell, Rambo calls home. Rambo likes to shoot stuff in the jungle. But if your name is not like Rambo, it's an old movie for some of you may not know. If your name is not like that, we typically don't like conflict. We typically don't like stressful times. We typically don't like that. So we wouldn't put ourselves through that. But that is the only way that we actually grow. And the crowd goes, hush. When we go through a difficulty, when we go through difficult times, we grow. But when we go through it with the Lord, we get better. And we get stronger. Just ask anyone that uh, lifts weights and is at the gym. The more weight you pick up, you keep, they keep stressing their muscles. They stress their muscles. Stress, I've done it. You can't tell it, but I... I, I've done it. And you you pick the weight up and you stress your muscle and you stress your muscle and you stress the muscle and you go and you, you know, you stress that muscle. And the more you do that and it consistent and, you know, more consistent you are, that muscle will grow good and fat. You'll be muscular, right? But it doesn't happen by just going in and lifting something that weighs you know, lifting a pencil or, or lifting a quarter. Are you hearing when you when that stress is added? So the Lord knows we're not going to do it, but he knows also we have to grow. So he allows some things to happen. But listen, the suffering with God is only momentary and it will always work for your good. God's suffering—the suffering that He allows—is only momentary, and it will always work together for your good. The suffering that is of the world may not be momentary; it may be lifetime. But when God allows something in your life, born in a believer, it is always momentary, and it is always—yes, uh, it comes with a price, but it also comes with reward also comes with reward. Are you hearing me? So if you're in a difficult time, look for the reward is coming. It is only momentary and reward is coming. That is if you allow the Lord to take you through the change. You know, Psalm says in Psalm 23, "Yea, though I walk what? Through the valley of the shadow of death. You're not supposed to stay there. You're walking through it. You're walking through it. Amen. All right. So the Bible says that they were grieving. They were grieving. Now look again here at, um, uh, verse number eight. It says, uh, again, the Holy spirit is convicting here. It says righteous righteousness is, is available because I go to the father and you will see me no more. You will see me no more. That is, you will not see the Lord as he was at that moment. Now, Jesus is forever the same, same, he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. But how he operates and his methods, how he does things will change. So the form, the way they saw Jesus at that moment here in the Bible, here in John, the 16th chapter, the way they saw him before his crucifixion, before the resurrection, that has changed. That Jesus that they saw, they saw him no more. Now, uh, after the resurrection, now they see a different Jesus, so to speak. Are you hearing me? Help break that down. Let me break that down to you a little bit closer. Let's go to 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter second corinthians the fifth chapter verse 16 and 17 it really breaks this thought down i want you to hear this because things have changed and in order for them to take the to have the full value of this then some things have got to change here so second corinthians 5 verse 16 through 17 says this so uh we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view at one time we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. King James says, you, uh, King James says uh, we, we knew Christ after the flesh. It says again, at one time we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Do you see that? All right. So what was about to change for them? They were, they were connected with, to Jesus physically. When they needed a miracle, they could speak to a physical Jesus, to a, uh, to a flesh, to Jesus Christ in the flesh. Are you hearing me? They could see the teacher. They could hear his voice. It's different. But what Jesus is saying now, what's about to shift is from flesh to spirit. As long as Jesus was with them, they didn't have to have the type of faith that they would when he was not with them. Are you hearing? Let me say that this way. When they needed food, Jesus, we don't have any food. He says, how many fishing loads do you have? He takes, he takes care of the problem. Uh, we can't cast this demon out, this little boy. Jesus comes up. How long can I deal with you? How long do I have to deal with y'all? Bring him to me. He was there physically. He was there in person. He would always. They were in the boat, and the, 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 um, the rain came, you know, and it flooded into the boat. And the waves were crashing, so forth and so on. Oh, we're going to die. What do we do? Hey, Jesus. Could you get up and, and handle the situation? All of that was about to change. Right? Uh, they, the Lord Jesus stopped a funeral, a funeral procession. Uh, there, was a, there was a young man that, that was carried down the road, and there was a funeral procession, and, and they came across the path of Jesus, and he stopped the pallbearers and raised the little boy up. Now, they were supposed to do this. Things were about to change. And how many of you know they didn't want that to change? Lord, you're my grave train. Don't want... Pharisees got something to say. Oh, Jesus, you can handle it. Talk to him. Uh, Lord, I need some money to pay my taxes. What'd I do? Peter, just go fishing. Go over here and get it. He told him exactly what to do. He was right there with him at all times. Peter goes fishing, picks up a first fish, pays his taxes, and pays the Lord's too. Everything. They can lean on Jesus. and I mean, he was right there, flesh, in the flesh. But it's different when he says, they're going to crucify me. They're going to hang me up, and I'm going to die. And they didn't want to hear that. But they didn't also hear that he would be risen on the third day. Things were about to change. I'm not sure if, you, if anyone have ever had someone in your life that you really depended upon for everything. You know that they could, you could always go to them to help you. And for some reason, they either left the job or, or God forbid, they may have um, passed on or they, were, they left your life. And now you were left to deal with it yourself. Things had changed but this was going to happen the death burial and resurrection of jesus christ was going to happen whether they agreed with it or not and there are some things that will change in your life whether you want them to change or not but the 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 question is how will you handle the change some things are changing for the better for the better As he's telling them here, things about to change for the better, but your hearts are grieving. Why are your hearts grieving? Because you know how it is now, and I'm going to change it to a way that you don't know of. Are you hearing? So I pray that you hear the voice of the Spirit. Because this is something that the Lord is doing right now in this hour, and what I want to show you today through the power of the Spirit um, are simply the forms of change. I'm gonna, we're gonna look over uh, through the curtain, through the veil, and let me show you what form uh, the change is going to take, or what shape it's going to take, so that you may be ready uh, to. Deal with it so that you may be ready to handle it when it comes, because it is coming. Hallelujah. you think about it for a moment, too. Even with this changing of seasons, changing of seasons. If people are walking around in shorts now, that's fine. But you have to prepare for the change. Prepare eventually for winter that's coming. For fall, then winter. You have to change. God bless the people who love to walk around in shorts when there's snow on the ground. They do it. I don't have anything to say about it, but you have it or you understand what I'm saying. I would think you may want to wear some warmer clothes. We know that there are people that like to do iceberg, what do they call them, iceberg swimmers or whatever. But you, you got it. The polar bear club, they call them. Go swimming in the, in the icy lake. But that's them. Praise the Lord. But the general thought is you're going to have to change. The climate will change. Seasons will change and you must be prepared for the change. Sooner or later, we we'll to take our warm clothes out of storage or buy warmer clothes. Seasons will change. Climates will change. You must be ready for the change. Are you hearing And that's what the spirit is saying today. Be ready for the change. And you're going to have to hear the hear the voice of the Lord to know how to maneuver in this new season, in this new anointing, this fresh anointing that God is sending forth. I appreciate the Holy Spirit because the Lord said that that the Holy Spirit would lead us into all truth and show us things to come. So he's telling you something else is coming. There's something fresh here that's coming. There's something new here that is coming. And the way you operate it in the past, tank top, shorts, flip flops, you won't be able to use that over here. I mean, well, you can use it if you like, but you're sure going to be very uncomfortable. Are you hearing Yes, the flip-flops will keep your, your bottom of your feet from touching the snow, but you will be exposed and vulnerable to cold and everything else. Are you, are you getting that example? I want to make sure you're getting that example. Tell your neighbor, a change is coming. The Lord said there's a fresh anointing and something is better. Something better is coming for his people, but you must be prepared something better is coming for his people but you must be prepared let me say that again something better is coming for his people but you must be prepared hallelujah all right now let's go back to the tomb now let's go back to the tomb uh, here in john john 20 verse 15 through 18 i appreciate the holy spirit for giving us the heads up i appreciate this john 20 verse 15 through 18 Let's go back to the tomb. All right, so here's um, Mary Magdalene here, and Jesus is speaking to her in verse number 15. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? She's supposing him to be the gardener. Remember now, let me catch, catch up. Remember, she goes with uh, the other Mary and um, and a few others with her, and uh, they go to the tomb of Jesus to anoint him with spice, with Salome. Yes, Salome, and, and I think, I think uh, Luke says also Joanna was there as well, and others. But they go to anoint the body of Jesus, remember that, and they find the stone rolled away. All right, so they're weeping. All right, here we are here. All right. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? She's supposing him to be the one. She's supposing her, him to be the one, gardener. Say gardener, say gardener. One more time, gardener. That's extremely important. She's supposing him to be the gardener. Say unto him, sir, if thou have borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him. I will take him away. Jesus saith unto her, Mary. She turned. Uh, she turned herself and say unto him, rabboni which is to say, Master, Jesus saith unto her, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my Father, but go unto my brethren and say unto them, I ascend unto my Father and your Father, uh, and to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord, and that he had spoken these things unto her. Now, all that's highly prophetic, and it will show you, there are three shapes. I'm going to show you this. There are three shapes. We may get to them all today. I'm not sure. Three shapes that the Lord took or three forms that the Lord took immediately after his resurrection. Three forms that he took. All three talk about how he was going to deal with his body. So you say, well, the Lord did that way, way, I mean, long time ago. Uh, shouldn't these things have manifested now? And I'm telling you, they have But when the Holy Spirit highlights it, when he says, look at this, this is when God, when he uncovers or when he reveals something to you, this is what God is saying is going to happen right now. And there are three forms that I want to show you in this fresh anointing, in this change that you'll have to know about and also have to move in it. All right. Praise the Lord. So let's see what the Lord is revealing. So first of all, she calls him a gardener. She sees him, or oh, the Lord shows himself to her as first form, very first form, as a gardener. The Bible says she's supposing him. In other words, she looked and she saw this gardener. What is a gardener? A gardener, of course, is a keeper of the garden. That's 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 not rocket science, is it? He's a keeper of a garden, a person who is employed to cultivate and care for a garden or lawn, etc. right? She saw him as what? A gardener. She saw him as what? A gardener. Now, why is that important? Because some of the most powerful things in the Bible happened in a garden. As a matter of fact, Mankind lost his authority and connection with God in the Garden of Eden, right? In the garden. It happened, first of all, in the garden. And what did did she see Jesus as? A gardener. All right. Eden, the name Eden means what? It means um, a pleasure. Rather, it means pleasure. Eden means pleasure. So mankind lost uh, connection and authority with God in a pleasurable place. You say, wow, they lost it in a pleasurable place. Now understand something. Then we fast forward and seeing Jesus, uh, we witness Jesus in agony. As he's travailing uh, before the time of crucifixion, he's travailing in prayer and great um, drops of it looks like a great sweat, like 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 drops of blood were pouring down uh, from his brow as he was praying, as he told the disciples, boys, can't you pray with me? Can you pray with me? Terry tarry with me one hour. But they kept falling asleep. And all of that time, you know where that took place? That took place also in a garden, in the garden of Gethsemane, in the garden of Gethsemane. Now, guess the word Gethsemane means what? An oil press, an oil press, meaning simply this, a place of extreme pressure. A place of extreme pressure, an oil press. So first of all, we see. First of all, we see Adam losing, he lost, mankind lost their authority and connection with God in the first garden. The second garden we see of of extreme importance is when the Lord Jesus is, is travailing in prayer in the garden of Gethsemane in an oil press or extreme pressure, all right, then fast forward to where they actually, uh, they crucified Jesus. And if we go to, uh, as a matter of fact, let's go ahead and go to John the 19th chapter, John 19 verse 41, John 19 verse 41 says this, it says, the place of crucifixion was near a garden where they rather where there was a new tomb never used before so the tomb in which they they put the body of jesus they put the body of jesus in a tomb which was in a garden i'm excited about that praise the lord they put him in a garden tomb somebody's got to see this so in essence grab a hold of this remember she saw Jesus as what a gardener so in essence God allowed Jesus to be planted buried or planted in a garden Hallelujah. So at the time of resurrection, third day, Jesus rises. Now there is fruit. He told the disciples, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it abides alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth. And so now, this resurrection morning, Jesus is up. And Mary's looking around and she is saying some very powerful words. She sees Jesus, this new Jesus, this fresh anointing, this Jesus she hasn't known before, so she doesn't recognize him. She hasn't known this Jesus. She has known the Jesus before the crucifixion. The, the Jesus that, if you will, was limited. It could only be in one place at one time. The the Jesus that had to ride on a boat or had to walk around different places. But now this Jesus can be at all places at all times. He's not bound anymore. The Jesus that she knew um, emptied himself so that he could be born of a virgin so that he could die on the cross. He emptied himself because God cannot die God cannot die. Jesus had become the son of man so that the son of man could die on the cross. So the Jesus that she knew, it was gone. But this Jesus, this anointing is greater than what she'd ever hoped or could have imagined. So God allowed the seed, if you will, the seed of Christ to be planted in the garden tomb. And then the third day, here's harvest time. Jesus gets up and he makes an announcement. uh, Mary sees Jesus. Grab a hold of this and look at this. Mary sees Jesus and the first thing she sees is gardener. Gardener. This is the form that he took um, prior to her understanding or knowing who he was. Gardener. All right. So Jesus announces victory. I want you to see this. Look at um, John twenty verse seventeen. Here is the fruit. He's announcing harvest. Here is the fruit. Jesus saith unto her, "Touch me, rather, touch me not." Now again, this is John twenty seventeen. Jesus saith unto her, "Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my Father. But go to my brethren and say unto them, Listen. Here we go. What was lost in the first garden?" Man's authority and man's connection with God was lost. That was lost. They were cast out of the presence of the Lord, no longer connected. That was lost. So when Jesus rises, this harvest time rises, what is he saying? He said, this is what you tell my brethren, saying to them, I ascend unto who? My father and your father and to my god and your god in other words connection has been reestablished reestablished what was lost in the first garden has been regained here in the last garden hallelujah it's been regained in the last garden isn't that awesome so again mary concludes that this man this he must be a gardener he must be the cultivator and the caretaker of the garden here because this was the garden tomb right so she sees him he must be a gardener one who takes care of and cultivates what's been planted one who takes care of or cultivates what's been planted well we know that she wasn't far off because if we can look here also in um Ephesians 5 I'll let you give it Uh, take a moment to write that down or flip to it. Ephesians 5, verse 28 through 30, because this is exactly what Jesus was called to do to his body. Jesus cultivates and, and cares for his body, the body of Christ. This is what he's called to do. All right, let's look at this. Ephesians 5, verse 28 through 30. The Bible says here, so ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. Look at verse 29. For no man ever yet hateth uh, his own flesh, but does what? Nourishes and cherishes it, even as the Lord the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. So look at that. He is called to nourish and cherish. That's exactly what a gardener does. Are you hearing? Now, if you look at this as well, That uh, in John, we won't look at this in Scripture, but John 14 and 9, Jesus tells the disciples, if you have seen me, you have seen the father. If you've seen me, you have seen the father. Right. So when she looks at Jesus, she's also seeing a reflection of the father. He's taking on this form, taking on this shape. Now, why is that important? Because the father is a gardener. What do you mean? Let's go to uh, Matthew nine, Matthew nine, verse thirty eight. Matthew nine, verse thirty eight. Jesus sees the great harvest of people there in the uh, Samaritan community, and he tells his disciples this: nine thirty eight. He says, "Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would send for laborers into his harvest field into his harvest." And we can look also at John. There's so there's so many examples, but I'll just give you these two. We can look at John 15 verses one and two. John 15 verse one and two. It says, I am the true vine. My father is the husbandman. You look that word husbandman up. Guess what it means? Gardener. My father is the husbandman. My father is the gardener. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purges it that it may bring forth more fruit. The anointing that God is releasing through Christ, hear me, the anointing that God is releasing through Christ is that uh, he's releasing the anointing of a gardener. He's releasing. He's going to manifest himself to you as a gardener. In other words, we are called to sow the word. We're called to release the word and the father will raise up the manifestation of it. Listen, this is what's happening now in this season. Again, the fresh anointing has to do with the planting of the word and harvesting of the manifestation. What you say is more vital now than ever. What you say is more vital now than ever. When you speak the word of God from a pure heart, you're going to see a ready manifestation. And what's happening now is that the father is looking for a word to cultivate. Just like a gardener is waiting on The seed to be sown so that he can care for it. The words that he's going to put in your mouth and the words that you're going to put in your your mouth through study of his word. When you speak this out in this season, you're going to see a ready harvest spring forth not one that's going to take weeks and years and and months to come or, or weeks, months and years to come up. No, you're going to see a ready harvest because in this season, the Lord is revealing himself to you as gardener, but you have to sow a seed. You have to sow a seed. In other words, you have to put the word of God in your mouth and speak it forth with faith and 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 uh, uh, speak it forth and you're going to see God really just cultivate that and bring this to pass quickly speedily quickly and speedily so hear this the first form that uh, that uh, the Lord Jesus showed himself the first his first form was that of a gardener why Because he wants his body to declare the word of God. You're going to declare a word of healing, declare a word of deliverance, declare a word of of salvation, whatever the Lord puts in front of you. If it's healing, you're going to declare, Father, I thank you that in this season, I declare by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. I am whole and I am well. You're going to feel your heart. You're going to feel your heart. Feel it to the full with his word and you're going to speak it out of your mouth and you're going to see a ready manifestation. As a matter of fact, God's already doing things now in your life that you are not aware of, but you're going to see the fruit of it very shortly. So, again, the very first form that the Lord took uh, uh, to us, that he gave to us, the very first shape was that of a gardener gardener so you're going to have to sow the seed of the word he's looking for listen God's looking for a speaking church a speaking church someone that will put his word into their mouths and declare it and declare it and say it Not saying trash of the world and gossip and all of that stuff, but you are declaring the words of God, and those words come out of your mouth and they fall into the good fertile ground where the Father will cultivate it. He will cultivate it, and He is the Lord of the harvest who will cause the harvest to spring forth. But you must say it. You must say it. You must declare the word. Well, Pastor, I've done that over the years, but. Listen, any time the Holy Spirit puts a spotlight on an area, this is the area that he's working on. This is the area that he's working on. So you may have to let go of disappointments and things. I've done this and I've done that. Forget all that. I'm telling you that this is the season where he's working now and he's revealing Christ to you as a gardener. The very first form is a gardener. Are you hearing me? Now, one of the ways you know that the Lord really is dealing with you in this area is that you read this verse before and you've never seen that. This is what the Lord is doing in your life at this very moment. And to neglect it means that you would be in the snow in your flip flops. Not literally, but you understand what I'm saying. The second form that he takes, and second form he takes is that of a teacher. Let's go to um, Luke 24 as we begin to wrap up now. I'm going to show you the second two forms, and then we're going to close out today. The second form is that of a teacher in Luke 24, verses uh, 15 through 16, and then verse 32. The disciples, two disciples were walking on the road to uh, Emmaus. And as they were talking about things that just, talking about the things that that had just happened, this happens here. They were talking about Jesus, of course, the crucifixion, all the events that just happened. Now let's see what happens here. In verse number 15, it says, As they walked and discussed these things, Jesus himself suddenly came and began walking with them. But God kept them from recognizing him. So here as well, this is again after the, crucif- after the crucifixion, after the resurrection here. We're not in the book of Acts yet. After the resurrection, Jesus shows himself again. But how, what form is he taking now? He's showing them uh, who he is as teacher. As they were talking about him, he shows up, but the father does not allow them to see It's Jesus, just like he didn't allow Mary to see that it was Jesus, but he showed them another form. Look at verse 32. You see the results of this form here. They said to each other, didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? So this form is where the Lord is teaching you. He will be teaching you the word. Grab a hold of this. Jesus is searching for places of community. That is two or three or rather two or more people that are centered around their gatherings are centered around him, knowing him and discussing his word. He will join in. He will join in. Now, note that they were not in a church service at this time. They were not having a Bible study. They were just two men walking down the road talking about Jesus. This is a community they were fellowshipping around his word and who comes up jesus comes in their conversation and he begins to enlighten them about the scriptures and they said their uh, their hearts burn in other words the power of the spirit was so strong in them they were empowered god's going to work in that area so again first of all he shows himself as gardener secondly he will show himself as teacher to two or three that talk about him, talk about him, talk about Jesus, talk about what he's done, and Jesus will show up. That's what he's doing. That's what he's doing. And last, let's go to um, John, the 21st chapter, John twenty-first. John 21. Let me show you verses 3 through 7. We may go all the way down to 7. This is the last form. This is how he's, this is how This is the form or shape that this new anointing is taking. But your your activity in it is not automatic. You're going to have to do something. In the first part, you're going to have to say the word because Jesus is gardener. Secondly, you're going to have to talk to someone else about the Lord. Just casual communication. Let's just talk about the Lord. Talk about his word. He shows up. He shows up. Now, this third form that he took, let's look at this. John 21, verse 3 through 7. Anybody want to hear this? John 21, verse 3 through 7. It says, Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a fishing. They say unto him, We also go with thee. I'm going back fishing. This is after the Lord had was resurrected breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Ghost. They said, I'm, I'm going fishing. Wasn't quite ready to make the change or the transition. The women made the change. As soon as Mary Magdalene heard it, she ran and told them, hey, spread the news, she's gone. But the men, taking a little while. Taking them a little while to make that change, that transition. So even after the Lord showed them who he was and all that he's alive, Instead of going out evangelizing and telling the world, I'm going back what I used to do. Peter was a fisherman. I'm going back. Interesting, huh? Again, uh, Peter said uh, I'm going fishing. They said, "Hey, we're going. With, we're going with you." They went forth and entered into a ship in immediately, and that night they caught nothing. Verse four. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Once again, covered, veiled. They saw him, but they didn't know who he was. Mary saw him, but didn't know who he was. I think he's a gardener. The two gentlemen walking to, on the road of, of Emmaus saw him, but didn't know who he was. But he broke, he broke the scriptures down to them as a teacher. And now, He's about to show himself as something else. Here is the third phase of this. Are you ready? Verse 5 says Then Jesus said unto them, Children, have ye any meat? They answered him, No. Here it is. And he said unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. They cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it. For the multitude of fishes they weren't able to bring it in let's go down a little further and we go back verse 7 therefore that disciple whom jesus loved saith unto peter it is the lord now when simon peter heard that it was the lord he girt his fish's coat upon him for he was naked and did cast himself into the sea. Now, of course, not completely naked. He just stripped, took off his outer coat. All right, he's not nude, nude. You can look that up too. This is not naked fishing day. But he took off a piece of his garment so that he could fish. All right, so he put it back on, and then he he just swam, swam to meet Jesus. Now, Jesus is looking for those who will hear his word, hear, hear his word, and step out in faith. Listen to what Jesus is saying now, because the impossible is about to become possible. That's, that's another dance move. The third way the Lord is about to manifest his presence is this. Hearing his voice, hearing his word and stepping out and doing it what it says. And you will find that the impossible, because it was impossible. They would fished there. These were professional fishermen. They knew how to fish. They knew how to cast the net. They caught nothing. Professionals caught nothing. But in a moment, he says, cast your net on the right side, on the other side, cast it on the right side. And then they caught immediately, immediately. They caught so much fish they could barely bring it in. That's a miracle. You're doing the exact same thing, but just a little bit different way earns you $100,000 a year. The exact same thing, just a little bit differently. What, what, What took you 80 hours to make, 80 hours to make will only take you five hours to make. Just a little bit differently as he shows you. Yeah, do what you have been doing. Do what you know how to do. Do it in the same boat, on the same lake, in the same area. Just do it the way I'm telling you to do it now. Amen. Amen. Somebody's got to hear that. How is he showing himself? What, what role, what form is he taking here? Prophet. The prophetic. So, in this season, in this new anointing, he says, I'm going to say things to you. You've been disappointed. They were disappointed a lot all night long. Caught nothing, not even one. They caught nothing. But on the word of Jesus as prophet, speaking a word out, they followed his instruction, just tweaked it a little bit. And they gained more than they could ever bring in. Are you hearing? So here again, three forms, and then we're closing out here. What is Jesus saying to you? What is the fresh anointing? How does it look? How does this anointing look? How does it look? First of all, Jesus shows himself. The Father allows Jesus to show himself to us as gardener. That is, you're going to have to say the word say that word. You're going to have to say it to yourself. Say it out loud. What word? What word that you need to manifest in your very own life? Because the word that you need the most for you is what the world also needs from you. I heard that Holy Spirit. I'm not sure if I can say that again. You're going to speak the word. What word? The word that you need most of all. Where you need God to show up in your life, most of all, you're going to declare that word, that word in faith, and you're going to see a ready harvest. You're going to see God moving in it quickly, quickly, quickly. Secondly, the Lord shows himself as what? Anybody? He shows himself as teacher. As teacher. That is, you're going to talk the word about, talk the word of God to each other. You can talk about the news some other time. You can talk about what's on sale some other time. Let's talk about Jesus. Let's talk about the Lord. We don't have to meet, say we're going to meet over here at five o'clock and turn the lights on and have church and then talk. No, talk on the phone, uh, Instagram. What have you got to do to talk to people about the Lord? He will show up and he will empower you. He will strengthen you and encourage you. He'll reveal himself to you as teacher and last He'll show himself to you as prophet. Listen for his word. He's not telling them to, okay, bring that boat in. Go get that type of boat. Take that boat over to that lake over there. Throw that net you're using away. Go ahead and buy that type of net. He didn't say any of that. Same boat, same lake, same people in the boat. Just tweak it. Just a little bit. Just follow what I say. Isn't that awesome? So I pray today that you will prepare yourself, your family, because listen, there are so many people that are depending upon you to do this. There are so many people that are depending upon you to do this. Some are depending because they simply don't know. And others are just frankly lazy and they'll need to come under your shade. They'll need to come under your shade for what's about to happen. Hallelujah. So it's vitally important that you hear the word, put the word in in practice. I pray you've heard the word of God today. Uh, Yeah, let's go ahead and clap our hands to the Lord. Yes, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Now let's go ahead and pray. Let's go ahead and pray it in. Father, I pray for those that are here right now and those that are watching and listening. Father, I pray that your grace is upon them now, uh, not only to have heard the word, but to put your word in practice. Father, I pray that there would not be hearers only, but that they would be doers of the word. Father, I pray for the grace of God to be upon them to do what you have said. Father, give them grace to put aside everything else that they, that the world says is so important and things that they just got to be done. Uh, Lord, I pray that they put aside excessive busyness And Lord, do what you say. Put your word first so that they may see the benefit because, Lord, now is the time. And Lord, I thank you for favoring them and for blessing them and for giving us the heads up by your spirit. And that we will be prepared in warm clothing with thermals on and nice furry clothes. Not animal stuff, but nice furry clothes. Figuratively. And we'll be ready for the climate shift that's coming. Father, thank you for blessing your families, for healing us and delivering us. In Jesus' name, amen. See you next time, my friend. We love you. Bye-bye. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message.